Hello, and welcome to Starter Set. My name is Ed Sylvester, this is Sam Bradley, and welcome to the show that takes you deeper into the pages of Dungeons and Dragons. What is this? What is this? What this is doing? the news! It's not the news, it's unpleasant. Da, 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 da. News, news, news. Well, that's Pearl, no, that's Pearl and Dean, the theatre company, the, the uh, movie makers, so... Yeah. But I finished it by saying news, 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 which makes that it's news. Or just Great. Oh, snooze, I snooze, can do that snooze. with I, I can do that with anything. I can do that with smoke on the water. Uh, 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 news. Brilliant. Works. I'd watch that news show. <laughs> anyway. How's your week in D&D been, Head? Sam, my week in D&D has been good. I'm back. I've been swinging my D&D dice around. Mm-hmm. Um, mm -hmm. And it's been very enjoyable. I spent Good. a, I got to you know flex those creative storytelling muscles and spent a little too long, I think, focusing on stuff that doesn't actually matter to the campaign or anything like that. But yeah, boy, but did I have is, fun doing it. What is D and D if not tangents? Yeah, exactly. Upon tangents. And speaking of tangents, because yes. these things probably can have them, depending on how you slice them. Mm -hmm. I spent, after my little hiatus from Dungeons and Dragons, ladies and gentlemen, this is for you listeners, because Sam was there, so he knows, um, the first maybe two hours of our game back, ordering four overly large watermelons for breakfast, you and then did. illustrating the faces of my fellow adventuring companions on them, proceeding to convince them that I could do a soul transfer um, of their from their bodies into these watermelons, citing the fact that a watermelon is basically like a uh, uh, a fruit womb and your soul will be right. safe and happy in there. Uh, then proceeded to tell them, no, that was all bollocks, I made it up and um, we should just throw these out of the top floor of our hotel that we're staying in and it'll be really fun. Yeah, and then we said we were going to bet on it and then we just didn't bet, we just hoofed them over. We got so too excited and just went, Wee! <laughs> Way too excited. <laughs> <laughs> but that was a lot of fun. But it was Collision Day, which is a which is a celebrated day within the world. So mm. throwing watermelons off a balcony. That's there's a collision that eventually happens there. Oh no, it's legit. You're yeah. totally right. Yeah, this isn't mad at all. Oh, it was in the theme of the festival. Is all I will say. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that brings us to here and now. Um, mm -hmm. Sam, my D and D week was fine. By the that's, way, that's that's literally what I was about to ask. That's why I said Sam. Well, so let's well. let's let's chill that roll, shall we? Put a little break on that. Well, well. Sam, how was yes. your D and D week? Very good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had fun playing that session. Been doing a little bit of writing. Been working on a few other little bits to Ooh. start set productions. Oh, I know, I know, new stuff. Don't worry, I made you some content. Um, yeah, there's plenty more coming down the track. Um, yeah, played in that Tuesday night campaign. That was a lot of fun. It was very role play, mm. but I enjoyed it very much. And it ended with a little bit of a call to adventure because I got disintegrated by a door. Yes, which was quite fun. And I like the fact that you said mm. call to adventure because it is it's like, right. a, oh, something's happened and now we have to deal with it. It's almost like I've planned ahead in as much as you can doing a show with us. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I had no idea we were going to start it based on a news presentation, but that's where we are, and this is the dealio. So, 
Oh, do you know what I, I yeah, I meant to expand on that. So I, what I quite enjoyed about that is the fact that, um, so for listeners don't necessarily know, or you may know, I can't remember how much we've said or haven't said about that campaign, but there's, there's an alien it's spacecraft underneath the city that we're currently visiting. And Sam has, yeah. or Sam's character has approached the door of said spacecraft. So we think that that uh, disintegration element that's happened to Sam's character is probably like teleport, come on in. But um, <laughs> it also might not probably be. You, you might, yeah. You might be dead. Which? Well, I got no end of character names and no end of voices. So just lay all your love on me. Yeah. Exactly. And by love, I mean death. So, yeah, well, I mean, it's a cyclical uh, experience, I suppose, love and death. There you are. There's a deep, deep... That's the spirit. ...statement. (laughs) Now here's the ads. Let's do the ads. Sam, we need to make an ad to tell people how they can support the show through patreon.com slash starter set to get exclusive content linked to the show. I've got the pyrotechnics, I've got the hundred clowns, and I've got the talking parrot right here, so let's do this! Well, you, I mean, you know how much I like pyrotechnics and, you know, wildlife, but why don't we just tell them they can go to patreon.com forward slash starter set to receive behind-the-scenes content, have the ability to influence the show, and get access to a brand new monthly show only accessible to Patreon donators. Yeah, all, all right. Yeah, we could do that. Um, I've got to make a call. And we are back. Welcome, everybody. Now, undoubtedly, you've all been waiting with bated breath. Oh, yeah. The, uh... Sam and Ed. Oh, you've given us three pillars of adventure. But they're the three pillars of adventure that is in the book. So we, we sort of... Who is this person? It's one of our listeners. Just, oh, no. Ed's been dead <laughs> for ten years. This is Niles uh, Flentz. And he's one of our listeners. And he talks like this. And he says, oh no, you've been uh, doing the Pillars of Adventure and you've done all three, so how could you possibly continue because the book's full? Well, well, Mr. Makebelief, well. we've invented a new one, by which I mean Ed's invented a mm. new one, and I think I understand it. Correct. And if not, that's what this show is all about, right? Exactly, you talking to a buffoon. <laughs> so, Ed, to your mind... Yes. What is the fourth pillar of Adventuring 101? Mm. So, taking this three-legged stool to a four-legged chair... This is the top, this is the bit where you sit. Could be, or it could just be another leg to make it more sturdy. Is the meta. Now, a lot of people are going to go... What's going on? Because... Yeah, do you mean metagaming? No, I don't, Sam. Thanks for teeing that one up. That was tasty. Ah, uh, right. I like it. There you go, see? No, so... Metasty. So I don't mean meta metagaming, um, which is obviously <laughs> okay. where you discuss um, things around the game without having, like, discussing them in the game and potentially avoiding consequences or, you know. Mm-hmm. We've talked about that before, I'm sure. So when I talk about yeah. the meta... Um, I'm talking about the collective experience and influence of yourself as a DM and you as players. It's the... And and I've said this before on the show many a times. I steal content from God knows 
all over the shop. It could be from a TV series, it could be from a book, it could be from anything. But, um, and that is, that's my meta. That's what I bring from the outside world into the game. Hmm. And I will approach this as we do from the DM's point of view to begin with, and then we'll nip over to the players. So, from a DM's point of view, your meta, your influences upon yourself will obviously arrive in your game. And I think the key thing here for, for yourself as a DM is to understand how, how you feel you want your players to experience that. So, do you want to go, here's an influence of Jedis, or... Do you want to go? Hmm. Here are mother flipping Jedi's. You know what I mean? It's and here's how we make them in the game. You've got sunblades, and you're all fucking Psy warriors or whatever. Exactly, exactly. Um, okay. And it's also then about going. Do I let my <coughs> players use their own knowledge of this existing IP? Oh. Right. Okay. To influence that themselves. So, for example, mm. if you are ripping off Jedi's, yeah. So the backstory for one of the characters is his father died, but wait, there's a shadowy, clad in black bad guy that you're all chasing around the map. Am I going to allow them to infer that that's this dude's father, mm-hmm. or whatever? Or am I going to play against trope? And do I need to set them up, you know, either way to think that I am going to do that or I'm not going to do that? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I'm talking okay. about. So. And, and what this is, this is about understanding your group dynamic. So, mm. as a DM, um, there's a different way to do it as a player. We'll get into that. So, as a DM, it's understanding your group yeah. dynamic and know how they're going to respond to that. Are your players going to be these people who want a completely original experience with no mm-hmm. influences on what they already know? Or are these the sort of people... That's not possible. Well... It is. I mean, it, isn't. it is. It, it, it is excessive. You're like a writer, writer, you know, and you have. Yeah, all, totally nothing's fabricated. But I mean, it's impossible to not be influenced by anything in this in this sort of environment. D and D in itself influences itself because it's because of what it is. It's a fantasy yeah. game. Um, but what I, what I mean is is, do you let that? Um, do you let that influence show so much that that you understand it, or do you maybe just take a section of, if we use Star Wars as an example, do you take one of the sections of the story of Star Wars and influence it in there? And instead of going like, here's Luke, he meets uh, Space Wizard, yeah, catches up with. It's more like, hey, you're going to be on Endor with the Ewoks, and that's going to be the campaign. Yeah, exactly. Um, or just like the Ewoks existing. But you don't call them Ewoks. They exist in cities, and they're an entirely different Ewoks. thing. Ewoks. Yeah, yeah, sure. Ewoks. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they they exist entirely differently. Or like you take the Han and Chewie dynamic and put them mm-hmm. on a ship, and then you just pull that out completely. And you're like, here's a couple of dudes who love their ship um, or trailer yeah. or whatever they travel around in, and they take you from A to mm-hmm. B. That can theoretically be extrapolate and say that's not Star Wars but you've just taken that element of Star Wars and gone yeah that's the thing I want to put in there or you can be like this is Spam and Huey and they drive the Millennium <laughs> Eagle you know yeah 
so that's the that's the two sides of things and as long as you're you measure your players and you know that your players are going to be down for like a bit of tongue-in-cheek style um yeah this is this character then that's okay yeah now from a player point it kind of helps oh yeah it kind of helps to know up front when you're doing that session zero because then you give your players a chance to play into type if you're doing a star wars universe but in the fantasy realm of dungeons and dragons and you start setting up you know there's a fucking ancient race of space wizards and there's a rebellion and there's an evil invading force and people go we fucking doing star wars i'm fine with it Mm. but let me let me come halfway you know yeah I also like, and quite thankfully, we've got we've um, playing to start a set type. We've got Marvel to look at, which um, oh gives boy, us, do we gives us this opportunity. It's going the what if. It's going what if Han Solo and Chewie hung out were with... joined at the waist. No, 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 no. What if they hung out with like fucking Gandalf? You know what I mean? It's, it's that yeah, let yeah, me yeah. take all of these amalgamations of these different IPs that I love and go, man, mm-hmm. you know, who would win in a fight, this person or this person, or like who would be the best fucking. Wouldn't, Opti- yeah. wouldn't it be awesome if Optimus Prime and, um, I don't know, insert popular character here, please. Um, Harry Potter yeah, were Optimus- also in The Men in Black. Yes, there you go, brilliant. Wouldn't it be awesome if Optimus Prime, Harry Potter, and The Men in Black all got together and were a, a crew of, of adventurers? And they called them men in potters. Performers. Men in potter performers. Yes, that. Men in pot performers. <laughs> Robots, you're a wizard. <laughs> Perfect. Now look here and forget everything we said. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so it's how how heavily you lean into that. So, mm. and this. Okay. The reason why this is a pillar of adventure is because this influence in your own life is so pervasive you'll do it without knowing it anyway mm-hmm. um, or you'll do it yeah. and pretend you're not doing it but you're only lying to yourself so go to a mirror and say it's okay I accept me for all my flaws and then start crying and punch the mirror have a massive revelation <laughs> and breakthrough move to the middle then... of some woods um, find that you can sustain yourself on bark and uh, tree sap and then come back out again and start a multinational tech company selling uh, microchips made from tree bark you know or just play the and with your mates and put a shout out on the whatsapp group do on free friday uh, lovely yeah that also probably works yeah. so players <laughs> anyway <laughs> So for players, now this is an interesting element because obviously you don't have as much influence over the story, right? Theoretically not. Yeah, uh, excluding the other elements of that we've sort of had a look at in this um, environment. Yeah. In, in terms of like the pillars of adventure and all that sort of stuff, but you can't. It's harder for you to say, "Can I have?" You know, can I have Star Wars, please? Can I have a Death Star? Can yeah. one of the moons be a space station? It's a lot harder yeah. for you to ask for that sort of experience um, as a player. So then, how do you approach if you want to be that person who goes, I want to play Aragorn, or I want to play um, Han Solo, or I want to play Optimus Prime, but I transform into, yeah. you know, uh, <clears throat> an animal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was great. Beast Wars. That was a great series. Do you remember that in the 90s? Beast Wars. Beast Wars was the shit. Yeah, Optimus Primal. 
Yeah, because he was a great big monkey. And they were all dinosaurs. I never got that. Because they landed in, um, like, I think the Decepticons landed in, like, an area where there was loads of fossils. So when they did their scan, they picked up fossils. And then... then What, fucking the Autobots landed in a petting zoo? No, they just landed in, like, a jungle. So they had loads of, like... They got, like, a... Yeah. They got Rhino Boy. Yeah. They got the monkey. Cheetah. Uh, yeah. And a rat. That was it, Rat Trap. And then the Scorpion, but he was a bad guy. Scorpion, kind of. Scorpion was a bad guy. The Turn Cloak, we've gotten way off track here, but we're going to go with it. Anyway. Yeah, it was the Velociraptor. Yeah, Dinobot. And he, he... Dinobot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, what a show. Go great. back and watch that on YouTube. In fact, don't, because the CGI looks fucking <laughs> appalling. And will ruin your childhood. Oh, oh yeah, it's like when you go back and watch um, people like speedrunning Team Raider One. It's like, oh god, is this how we used to live? Yeah, yeah, horrific. Um, so mm. bringing it back to whatever the hell we were talking about, your personal experience of how you bring your meta into a game is obviously mm. going to be harder. And I think yeah. you can do that. You can do this a couple of ways, right? You can go for the hey DM, let's have a chat. I want to do this, which is fine, but you're probably going to get well, not probably. There's a like, there's a likelihood, or there is a possibility that you get shut down and you get told no. And then whenever you start creeping that sort of thing in there, because it's naturally something you're going to want to do, the DM's like, "Yeah, I fucking said don't, don't get involved with that." And it's almost like, you know, <laughs> you, you're, you're stepping on someone's toes after stepping on someone's toes. So mm-hmm. I'm going to turn to, I'm going to turn to my co-host of this podcast. Oh yeah, Samuel. That's me, Samuel J. Bradley Braddingson the third, um, because Sam, yeah. I uh, as as a as a DM and as a player have played with uh, you in games, and mm-hmm. have noticed that you um, take maybe oh, your influence comes. from the MCU quite heavily. Um, a little bit. Yeah. In in a couple of players, number one, um, there was Anoki Titanson. Hey man, he was the boss, except he had no bonus moves. He was Thor. He was a furball warlock. Yeah, who loved his. And he had a hammer. Loved his hammer. He's called loved the hammer. Titanson. You know, like you've even you got the naming yeah, conventions. Son of a god. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and then we we can also talk about your other character. Oh, the, um, Mercy Lavelle. Yeah, Mercy Lavelle, who had some sort of magical powers and spoke with a quasi-Eastern European <laughs> hey, accent. Hey, uh, hey, I stand by that. I was respectful. Yeah, no, it's fine. I'm not going to, you know, it was good. It was a lot of fun so, playing a woman. So, I've got to say, it gives you a different aspect of the game. Yeah, so as somebody who's massively ripped off Thor and Scarlet Witch and gone, I'm just going to chuck oh, these. <laughs> fucking once. <laughs> one, well, twice, twice, but once. Uh, um... What's how do you how do you, how do you differentiate yourself from those characters when you're doing that, but also wanting to have a bit of fun with those characters that you've always enjoyed having fun with? It's usually the backstory, and it's usually the drive. Saying that and thinking about those two characters, that's not really it at all, actually. Um, I think what it is, you're kind of bound by the standard of the game, so you'll never be able to get it dead on because a lot of games won't let you go into a campaign. A lot of DMs, I should say, won't let you go into campaign with like a fully fledged level six, level seven, level eight character, which you kind of need to be to get all that cool stuff down. So mm. you're always going to be playing a version <coughs> of that character 
in their infancy. Yeah. That said, that can open up a lot of uh, perspective leeway for getting in a little bit, but then getting out of it again, finding your own path and find, oh, actually, yeah, that is a cool arc that Thor did, but I, what if I riffed on it? Because you've spent time as that character, so that's always really nice. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think going in, in like that sort of level one, level three, level four infancy gives you longevity to build out. Yeah. But it also gives you the security of knowing you're not going out totally on a limb. These are characters that have worked for other people before, even though it's fucking Disney, you know. Do you think it's a comfort thing? Oh, 100%. Mm. 100%, yeah. My character worked. Fucking Kenneth Branagh made Thor work, so Sam will as well. (laughs) (laughs) Well, It's 100% a comfort thing. Yeah, I suppose the good thing is as well is, let's say you're a new player. Um, a lot of the time, oh yeah, getting a new player into the game. Actually, the way you can get them in is by going like, "Hey, who's your favourite Marvel character, or who's your favourite Game of Thrones character?" Let's build them, and yeah, 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 and then carry well, on. Well, that's kind way. of what I did because, like, even though I DM'd for so long, I've only played in like three campaigns, mm. or two or three, you know, with this couple of characters. So yeah, it's still, still technically a new player. But yeah, a lot of it is comfort, I would say. Yeah, 100%. I get that. The nice thing is, is what I did notice is um, where you were talking about that deviation away from the original content. You know what I mm. mean? That's when you start to... Oh, yeah, definitely. Stretch your own leg, uh, stretch your legs a bit. And now your new characters haven't been copies of No, definitely not. So that's quite good. So, yeah, I suppose that's yeah, where Cormoran it can definitely is a, come into play. Same guy. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, well, look. That, I think, brings us to the end of Meta, the fourth pillar of adventure. Meta! Um, the one you didn't even know existed, but it's always there. Exactly. Watching you, <laughs> waiting. Um, and, hey, we get to the end of the show and we ask the age-old question, did you Go learn on. anything? No, no, but it's like I did, and that's just as good. <laughs> so, as always, ladies and gentlemen, you have been our listeners. We have been a starter set. Roll well, and we will see you next week. Goodbye. Next week, Campaign Chronicles. Little noise. Goodbye. In a world where solid-state electronics and vacuum tubes are still meta, People never stopped loving atomic-powered everything. A chosen 500 stepped inside a subterranean vault to be spared the nuclear horror of the inevitable Great War. 25 years later, they emerge after the fallout settles to retake Appalachia. Among them, two former rivals whose blood feud will tear West Virginia apart and their epic struggle for survival. Chad, a vault bro who has a strength of 15, an intelligence of two, and is a complete wasteland dickhead. Simon, a complicated anti-hero who chooses light and hope, but accidentally becomes a cannibal and wakes up naked and afraid with a Scorch Beast Queen after a date goes terribly wrong. What? I mean, it's a wild wasteland, right? This dark humor radio drama will have you driving off the road and crawling out from under the fallout 
two men, one wasteland, and so many nukes. Chad, a Fallout 76 podcast, rated R, now streaming on your holotape player podcasting thing.